says in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. Here, I think this is the key to being missional in your life. It says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send or who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. Man, you want to be on mission? That's got to be our place. The Lord is saying, who will go for us? Who can we send? And we need to say, Lord, hey, me. If you've ever worked with a group of kids There's usually those few who always raise their hands and have a lot to say. They want to be involved in what's going on. In today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel shares that God wants you to be involved in the work he is doing in the world. He's looking for people to join him. Pastor Daniel reminds you that you have the opportunity to be just like that kid who puts his hand up and says, pick me. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Acts chapter 2 with his continuing message called Our Framework. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day. It was so beautiful. We were talking about some different things and they were just talking about how they were really struggling to get time in the Word. I'm like, you know what an index card is? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, why don't you just write a, a Bible verse on each side of that index card? And I'm like, and stick it in your pocket. And I'm like, and if I could recommend, put it in the pocket where you keep your phone. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because every time you reach your phone, you're going to pull that card out and you're going to see the scriptures and take a moment, read it and praise God for it. And he's like, oh, that's a good idea. He's like, how do you know how to do that? I'm like, well, that's how I memorize scripture. When I was a young believer, you know, I literally had index cards and I'd write a scripture on each side and I'd carry it around until the index card disintegrated. And every time I'd reach to get my wallet, this was before I even had a, a cell phone, I'd reach to get my wallet and the card would fall out. I'd pick it up, I'd read it, I'd memorize it, have the address on it, and I'd get God's word in me. And it's just such a simple thing. Or, or you, know, you may say, well, Fusco, that's old school. I mean, just put it on your lock screen. Great, put it on your lock screen of your phone. You know, yeah, some people are real, I was talking to someone, they have like a whole thing that they do where their alarm goes off and it's a scripture, you know, each, each hour. Whatever you gotta do. But are you letting God's word do the work that it wants to do in you? That, that, that God's word can teach you and correct you and reprove you, train you in righteousness, that you're growing up. We want to be devotional people. And I'm, we promise you here at Crossroads, every ministry you get involved in here, we're going to be talking about the Bible. What does God's word say? What does it mean? And the goal is not just information. The goal is to create worshipers and us to worship over. So we move from the devotional because the early church was continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And then we move to the R. And we like to say we are relational. We are relational. Now all through this passage, you realize how relational the early church is. Really because the idea of church is that we are it's an organic network of relationships, 
right? And for the church in Jerusalem that had been filled with the Holy Spirit for Crossroads here in Vancouver, Washington, our physical campus and all through, the, all through the globe through our internet campus and TV and radio and our app and all these different things that are going on, social media, we realize that really what God wants to design is an organic network of relationships. And we see this all over this text. Let me give you some examples of this. Notice Right, they were continuing in fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayer. So they're together praying. They're together breaking bread. They're together learning the apostles' doctrine. They're in fellowship. As is happening, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. So, so they knew the needs of people because they were in relationship with them. And because they were in relationship with them, they wanted to sell the extra things that they have and divide them as anyone had need. And as they did that, they continued in public and breaking bread from house to house. And they ate their food together with gladness and simplicity of heart. See, like all of it shows that it was, they were saved by Jesus and they were saved into this community. And one of the things that I love so much about the church is that all of us are hardwired for community. We're really hardwired for relationships. Why? Because all of us have been created in the image and likeness of God, right? And God is relational at the essence of who he is as Father, Son, and Spirit always in relationship. And so we're wired for relationships. Now, I think it's amazing. We live in a day and age where we're more connected and people feel more lonely than they ever have in life. And I actually think that the local church is the cure for that because God wants us to be relational at the essence of who we are. Listen to how the Apostle Paul speaks about it. In Philippians chapter two, verses one to four, he says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But listen, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. See, Paul's saying, look, if, if the things of God are real, if there's any comfort and love, if there's any consolation in the spirit, then esteem others higher than yourself. That in relationship, serve one another, care for one another, look out for other people. And, and in a lot of ways, God created the church to be a place where there's all these relationships that are happening. And we believe that you and I all need godly relationships in our life. We need people who pour into us, people who are good influences in our lives. We also need to be around people who we're pouring into, people who we're not trying to emulate their life, but we're also trying to work to help them in their life. And the church at best is relational at the core of who, it, of who we are. And I think a lot of what's gone on with these restrictions and stay-at-home orders and work from home and, you know, all these things is that people take these restrictions and they choose to isolate themselves. Where I'm here to tell you, given the technology we have, we don't need to be in physical proximity to still stay connected. And that's important because I've had to learn over those. You guys, if you know me at all, you know I'm highly relational. Love people. I get energy off of people. I'm one of those crazy extroverts. You put me in a room full of people, I automatically feel a little bit more joyful than when I started. Because there's all, that, all the people there. But I've had to learn in this season how not to isolate, but to keep reaching out to people, even though I've been trying to stay physically at a distance so they don't get sick, I don't get sick, and all that kind of stuff. 
And in a lot of ways, in this year of restoration, one of the things that needs to be restored and rebuilt, that we need to be up for the rebuild of rekindling relationships that whether we meant to or not, we just couldn't handle it all. We just chose to isolate. And that isolation is starting to wreak havoc on our culture. So as a church, we are designed to be relational. That's why our, our digital community groups, you can be in relationship right now, talking to people, engaging with people. There's all sorts of things that we can do right now. And so as a church, we want to be relational. And, and listen, in your life, you're hardwired to be relational. If you find yourself not being very relational right now, God wants to do a work there. God wants you in significant and substantial relationships. And for the early church, it was all about relationships. It was all about them. So the doctor in our doctor, Mr. Framework is devotional and relational. So now as we move into the Mr. For the M, we are missional. We are missional. And what that means is that as a local church, not only are we devoted and worshiping and growing in God's word, and not only are we in relationship to one another, but we realize that God has a plan in the world and he is inviting us to join him in his plan. I always say that God does not need us to have a mission statement. God already has a mission. He's looking for a church, his church, to be available for what he wants to do. And in our passage, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, you realize that the early church was on mission. How do you know? Notice first, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Did the early church need to go to the temple for the animal sacrifice? No, they knew Jesus was the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Why did they go to the temple? Because all the people were there. If they wanted to see their community, they went to the temple. And so even though they were gathering together house to house, breaking breads, learning from the, um, you know, the disciples teaching and they were in fellowship and they were in prayers, they still went to the temple because the people who didn't yet know Jesus were there. And not only that, they're in the temple. Everything else is going on. Notice it says in verse 47, and they're having favor with all the people. So the early church filled with the Spirit was on mission because they know all these people and they have favor with them the way that they are in the world. Because of the Spirit of God and the presence of Jesus in their midst, now all of a sudden people are watching them being like, man, there's something about those folks. And there's something special about them. It's like when Peter and John got arrested and they went before the Sanhedrin council and they knew that they were uneducated, but they knew that they had been with Jesus as well. They were salt and light. God, God was doing a work, this work of restoration in their lives and in their characters. Now all of a sudden, people are outside. They're saying, man, they got favor with all people. And you know that they're on mission because people are getting saved. Look what it says. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Now, I hope that you never get bored of seeing people come to know Jesus here at Crossroads. I'll be honest with you. People get saved at Crossroads all week long. And it is the awesomest thing. It's how I know that we're, we got something right because we keep giving out the gospel. We keep giving people an opportunity to say yes. And we keep seeing people get saved. Look, when, when we weren't gathering physically 
over, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, we saw people getting saved online every single week. And guess what? Long before the pandemic, we were seeing people get saved online and getting people get saved in the house. Once we started gathering together again, we under the tent. And then once we moved inside, right, we've been seeing people get saved online and on campus every single day. It's unbelievable to watch it. But guess what? That's one of the ways we know we're on mission because God is interested in saving people. I always love it. You remember when the prophet Isaiah heard, saw the Lord seated on his throne? This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Here, I think this is the key to being missional in your life. It says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send or who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. Man, you want to be on mission? That's got to be our place. The Lord is saying, who will go for us? Who can we send? And we need to say, Lord, hey, me. You remember when you're in school? For some of you, you might be still in school right now, right? Do you remember nobody liked the kid in class who always had the answers? I mean, I didn't mind that person because I didn't have the answers. So as long as they had the answer, they get. But the, the ones who are eager, oh, 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 me, me, me. That's how we should be with our Father in heaven. Say, oh, Lord, Lord, send me. Oh, wait, who? Who's going to go and help in this situation? Oh, look, I'll go, I'll go. These people don't know about Jesus. Oh, oh, I'll go, I'll go. Hey, these people don't have any food. Oh, God, send me. I'll give them some food, right? That's how we should be because if we're on mission, we're, we're wanting and available. We want God to do a work. And it's one of the things that I just, it's so cool about our Crossroads family because the scope of the mission of what we're involved in is extraordinary. I mean, there's so many things happening. Like, it's so cool. This past Christmas time, we, we did, our, we did our, our community drive for foster care. And then there's some folks in our, in our church family who were doing some other things for foster care. And we got to be involved in that. And it's just been amazing watching what's going on. And we have big things we do as a church and individual ministries are doing all these different things. I look at our kids' ministry right now. Our kids' ministry is just crushing being involved in kids' and families' lives. It's just so, so awesome to see what's going on. Why? Because at everything that goes on, we see and need. We're like, oh, Lord, send me. Will you help us? Lord, 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 we want to help. What can we do? All the time, literally, my prayer for Crossroads as a church is, Lord, just we're here. What do you want to do? How do you want to, how do you want to use us? What do you want us to be involved in? We're here. Send me. Because we're missional. We believe that God has a mission. And God's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And God is not content for everyone to get saved and the world to be falling apart. But God is saying, I want you to meet the world at its place of pain in my name. And I want you to help alleviate some of the suffering. I want you to be the hand that wipes away the tears from people's eyes. I want you to advocate. I want you to help. And I want you to work in all of these areas. And I'm here to tell you that our church has the ability to be missional because each individual family member who's fully engaged says, hey, I want to be a part of this. And we see so much of it. Trips always fill up. Second Saturday, could always use some more help because there's always such big projects to do. Every time we do a project, people are involved. This thing is happening. This thing is happening. And we realize that some of the missional stuff that we do, it begins with someone in the congregation serving at a place of pain and then it starts growing and they're like, hey, hey, can, you know, this thing's happening. What, what do I do? We come alongside, like, hey, how can we help? And we don't want to take it over we just want to come alongside. But as a church family, everything we do has got a missional component to it. You join women's ministry, there's a missional piece. Men's, missional piece. Your small group should have a missional piece to it. We're constantly saying we want to serve 
as Jesus has served us. We want to bless others with the blessing that we've received. We realize our missional component is rooted in humility. We simply are humbly ready to join whatever God has. We're like, oh Lord, whatever, however we can help. We don't, need to, we don't need to get a plaque for it. We don't need to get any notoriety for it. We're just simply gonna serve because we're missional. We're always looking outward. This is the transforming our community and our world piece to all of this. So we've seen that we are in the doctor. We are D, we're devotional. R, we're relational. M, we're missional. We have the final R. We like to say we are reproducible. We are reproducible. God's plan is always for people to reproduce themselves spiritually into the lives of other people. Grounded, mature believers have a God-given responsibility and are empowered by the Holy Spirit to pour into younger, less mature believers to build them up. See, I, what's one thing I love about, about the reality of the Crossroads family? Because Crossroads is not only an intergenerational church. We have people in every age and stage of life, but we also have people in every age and stage of their journey with Jesus. And someone could be younger, but mature in Christ. And we have people who are older who are just giving their lives to Jesus right now. So although they're older in age, they're younger in the faith. And there are people who are older in the age and older and, and more mature in the faith. And the idea is that we are okay with the fact that everybody is in a different spot and everybody has to engage in helping other people grow. Because what do you think was going on in Acts chapter two as you, know, you, you see the apostles are sharing their teaching and guess what? That is reproducing faith in newer believers as people are getting saved. These new believers are getting saved every day. The Lord is adding to the church daily those who are being, being saved and they're being brought into the family of God and now all of a sudden they're getting built up and if someone, they come in and their, their finances are a wreck and they have all these issues and people are selling their stuff and they're helping this person and that person getting on their feet and then someone else and that person who's now on their feet, they're helping other people because it's, it's spiritual multiplication at its finest. Now, of course, Paul tells Timothy about this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, you then, my child... Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You know what Paul says? Grow in the grace. Be strong in the grace. What you heard from me? So I told you, and he says, and I want you to entrust it to faithful men who will then teach other people. So in that Verse, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, you have four generations of reproduction happening there. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to faithful men, and then faithful men will teach other people with the implication that they'll teach other people and they'll teach other people. See, the key to the local church is not that people come in solid and mature. The key to the local church is people come in however they are and then we work together as a family to see everybody get built up. And it's one of the things that we care about so much as a church because we want people to grow. We want to see people fulfill God's calling on their lives. I tell all of our pastors, I say, you are not a successful pastor here as if everyone needs you to learn. You're a successful pastor when you've worked yourself out of a job because you've raised up someone who can do your job as good as you can. So that, and I'm like, for a pastor who can do that at Crossroads, they'll always have a job. 
For somebody in ministry here at Crossroads who can raise up somebody so that that person takes their job because they discipled them and worked with them and helped them on the journey, as that happens, that person will always have ministry to do here because God's plan is not that we do what we do. God's plan is that we help others grow. And as we help others grow, there's always room for us. And really, our reproducible model is very intentional. You know, we, we, we have this discipleship pathway. We, it's, it's simple. It's I do, you watch, we talk. I do, you help, we talk. You do, I help, we talk. You do, I watch, and we talk. And then you do, someone else watches, and then you two talk. See, the idea is, is that we want to raise people up. And it happens by joining them in. Like, like in every community group, there's an apprentice leader. There's somebody who isn't the leader, but is in some part of that journey where they're helping to learn how to lead a community group. Why? Because we want that apprentice leader to become a community group leader. And then the community group leader gets a new apprentice leader and the apprentice leader who's now a community group leader, they get an apprentice. They start raising somebody else up. This goes on in all of our groups. Why? Because we are committed to seeing people grow in their faith and people grow in their faith in the midst of the work of the ministry. And in a lot of ways, you want a vision, you want a framework for your life. You want your life to be reproducible. Who are you pouring into right now? Listen, if you, if you just said yes to Jesus in the last two weeks, there are all sorts of people who know less about Jesus than you do because they don't even know him. You could start a little discovery Bible study where you just read the Bible and you do this, in, this little inductive Bible study method. And you just talk about the scriptures with them. You don't even have to have any answers. But you're pouring into people. And I'm here to tell you, if you're hearing this and you've been walking with Jesus for a while, you, you're, a, you're a grounded believer, you have to have a whole group of people that you're pouring into right now. And if you don't, you're missing out on what God wants for you. I know that I am a pastor today because of the investment of a lot of amazing people. Pastors along the way who took time out of their busy lives to pour into someone like me people who invested in me. I'm always trying to say, Lord, who can I invest in? How can I be a part of people's lives? Lord, what can I do? And God wants all of us to have this framework because then with the foundation of our mission and vision, we're simply responding to Jesus. And because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community, our world. And with the framing of this Dr. Mr. framework, we're devotional, we're relational, we're missional, and we're reproducible. Then Life happens in the context of all of that. And God in the work of restoration he wants to do, I'm quite sure he wants to make sure that all of us are devoted to his, his teaching and worshiping him. I'm sure he is passionate that we be in deep relationship with people. The kind of relationship where we know that they have needs and we can help them. That we are missional because God wants us to transform our community, our world. He wants the message of the gospel to push into our communities and into the globe. And God wants us to reproduce ourselves spiritually so that people might grow. Man, I'm excited for this year of restoration. I think God has got some extraordinary plans, don't you? Jesus is Some things you make are hard to reproduce. You just can't get it quite the same the second time. Well, today, Pastor Daniel explained that the final aspect of a solid framework for your life 
is that it should be reproducible. The Lord wants you to share the things that you've learned with others so that they can grow in their walks with God and in how they love and serve others. This is God's hope for all of his followers. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus' Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Daniel wrapped up this series called Restoration. You learned that God wants to do big things in your life this year. Pastor Daniel shared that God longs to transform your life from the inside out as you simply respond to Jesus. And because Jesus is real, you can be fully invested in what he's doing in the world. When you live devotional, relational, missional, and reproducible lives, God will do big things. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.